Welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, your host, Dawn Owen. I'm a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a zero BS coach, and a lover of the high vibe life. I help business leaders like you create huge breakthroughs in their life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and impact you want and deserve. In this podcast, you will hear me talk all about mindset, money, and magic. The power trio that I know will get you where you want to go fast. This is the High Vibe Tribe podcast. So let's get to it and introduce my guest for today. So she's an award-winning global women's self-defense instructor, a number one best-selling author, a radio presenter, an award-winning women's networking event organizer, and a mommy, and a wife, and I couldn't go on, there is more, but I'm sure she'll tell us all about it. So my guest today is Gully Bano, welcome. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Dawn. That's quite an intro, isn't it? Do you know when you listen to yourself like that, you do just take a step back. But no, thank you. That was a beautiful introduction. Well, there is a, there is a lot there. And hopefully we're <laughs> going to dig into that today. So I always start by asking my guests, how high is your vibe today on a scale of one to ten? We're busting out the scale. We're way over 10. We are on a good one. I'm very rarely, very although it happens we're human, I'm very rarely below yeah I try and keep it as high as I can yeah that's good well I'll come to that a bit later and ask you what your top (laughs) tips are for keeping your vibe so high so let's kind of go back and give us like your potted history because I said this the other day to someone you know when we meet people and they are where they are and it's easy to think they were fully formed Gully Mano (laughs) global self-defense instructor radio presenter you know how did you get to here what was your background so my background is so different. So I don't actually know if you even you know my background. My background is very different. I'm I'm a pharmacist by profession. That's wow. My, yeah. Oh. So I'm a pharmacist. I set out. I was always the good girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was such a swat at school, and I only ever. So my my aspirations. Uh, I wanted to do, uh, be a pediatrician, be a doctor. So I got straight A's all the way through. Such a swat. Intellect science was my thing. Went to med school. I did just over a little bit over three years at University of Wales College of Medicine. So I was all aspirations to be a doctor. Then sort of partway through realised it wasn't what I thought it was going to be and various things had sort of happened. I was like sort of recap and sort of went back to to my parents who have been super, super supportive and said, so, you know, this thing about it's always what I've always ever wanted to do. I don't think I want to do it anymore. (laughs) So then I switched to my dad was amazing. My dad's always been such a supporter of me. And he said, look, that was your thing. You've given it a go. But ultimately, it's a job that pays the bills. And if it's not going to make you happy, what what is going to make you happy? So the middle ground, I then ended up changing to I went to pharmacy school. Mm-hmm. and qualified as a pharmacist, which gave me the flexibility of not the long hours, but still using so much of what I'd learned already. So that's the that's the start. Started okay. off as a pharmacist. Uh, worked for many years, still do on and off, give and take. So I've been a pharmacist now 23 years, 24 years. So quite wow. So that's my background. So I'm a science buff, intellect, yeah. thorough, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, that's where we started. Did you that's used to wear a lab coat and all of that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I was, so I was a consultant pharmacy. So I, I was, yeah, I, I think I probably, whenever I do something, I always try and reach the top of where I am. It's always yes. like, so do more, do more, do a bit more, do a bit more. I've never, I think I've always never been happy with just settling. I've always wanted to do the, the next bit or the next bit. I had my own clinics. I had fabulous patients, loved what I did. And I do still love it. I love that. And I guess that is that people contact, which is what I'm still doing, mm. working with people, a cliche, helping people. Mm. But it's it's where my heart is. It's what I love, love doing. So, yeah, no, not so much a lab coat. High power suit, certainly. Oh, um, I love it. I love it. So, okay. So pharmacist for 23 odd years. Yeah. yeah. And then what happened so the pharmacist journey was interesting so I was working so I'm based in the Midlands now but we lived in Manchester that's where I qualified from Cardiff moved to Manchester qualified in Manchester and worked all over the northwest so you name it I've worked at Liverpool Manchester all over everywhere sort of Cheshire North Wales everywhere so my pharmacy led me going to so many different areas so many stuff and that's where I guess the the problems or the situations I found myself in were so I am for those that don't know me and, and visually you can't see I'm five foot I'm a petite female which was never an issue for me but it became an issue my size my sort of the fact or how I looked or the image I portrayed was an issue and unfortunately I was on the receiving end of a number of physical attacks as a pharmacist right so a couple of times at in the store itself and it was always men dawn it was always men yes, it was yeah. men whether it was somebody putting their hands on me over the counter or felt that I was a petite female and if they were upset or they were angry and we talk about that whole you know you you see signs there whenever you work in the public forum but you know we will not tolerate yes yeah yeah back because I'm going back along yeah that, that wasn't a thing you know mm. the customer was always right if the customer had something to say the customer said we had that whole yeah. mentality so the, a good few times I, I I was hauled literally from my suit jacket by men no. over the counter Right. If they were unhappy, something has happened. I get as patients, you know, things mm. happen, people are unhappy. But that boundary that's crossed where others feel they can put their hands on you. Yeah. So that happened in store. And then we'd been, I'd been in a number of situations where um, I was working in some lovely areas in Liverpool, those that know Liverpool. I worked in <laughs> my bulletproof glass in Liverpool. I worked <laughs> in Dublin. I worked in some of the best places in the country. Although I'm going to hand it, I, lo- I do love Liverpool. It's great for it's real. I come back to my car, so I used to drive. I, I have a passion for lovely cars, and I had yeah. this fabulous MX-5 back in the day. Two five drug addicts sitting on the bonnet of my oh, car. Oh no! So, oh, the joys were all there, Dawn. Yes, yes. <laughs> things had happened, and I'd had a number of altercations with some drug addicts. I'd been pulled, uh, attacked in a car park. So things had happened, and every time something happened, uh, in my head, I thought I need to be able to know how to protect myself. I've got to do it because next time I may not be so lucky. Yes. I was working in a pharmacy uh, many, many years ago by in what is now sort of Trafford Centre area, but by Trafford Park, Old Trafford. And we had a um, gunpoint hold up. Somebody oh. burst in with a gun. Wow. So you, all the things I teach my ladies now, I'm like, I've been there. I've done that. I've seen it. So yeah. something, every time something happened, I always thought, you know what, I'm not going to be so lucky next time I need to. And this sort of carried on and spiraled on. And I, I never really found anything. Fast forward, we moved to the Midlands and I had my two boys. And there was a particular incident one day when I was out with my two children. Something happened. And that was the trigger for me. That was a switch, mm-hmm. right? This is done. I need to. Because now it wasn't just me. It was yes. something with the boys, as, as you know, as a mum. You know, yeah. anyway, that is that, that it's not just you now. You yes. need to protect so I sort of Googled self-defense, what do I need to learn? And I came across Krav Maga, which was 
So 20 odd years ago, it wasn't around as much as, as it is now. And even sort of, so I've been doing this about a decade, uh, 11 years, 10 years, 11 years. And it was just sort of uh, becoming around in the UK. So Krav Maga is a combat fighting system. It's not a martial art. It is a hardcore combat fight system. It teaches you how to fight. It teaches you how to survive and it teaches you how to protect yourself in the self-defense. So it's very defensive. So went along to my first class and that was it. I was hooked. I was like, oh, <laughs> what are we looking for? And, and I'm like you, Dawn. I, you know, I love to be active. I was, you know, yes. I'd had my two boys. I was a little bit overweight I'd, and I'm not done anything for a while. And I was like, this is it. This is what's going to get me back in. And from that first session, it made so much sense about what we're doing. You know, I, I was the wrong side of 40 uh, <laughs> at the time. So just to do more team, but just a little bit under 40. And I thought I haven't got years and years to do the judo and the catters yeah. and learning. I need something that I can go back out on the street right now and it works for me. And what I was learning in craft did. So that's how the journey started. Wow. I was hooked. I was then training two or three times a week. I was getting fitter and fitter. And, and my work as a pharmacist was still there. So I was still working in pharmacy, but a lot more confident. Even then, a couple of things had happened. And I was an, in, I was an instructor. I did my own school. And I... I was mugged in Paris. We were there with my two boys. Oh. And what I'd learned just in over a couple of years, yeah. I was able to use. And oh, great. Back and, and, and deal with four attackers, which was, you know, my boys were really little at the time. Yeah. And I walked away thinking, if I didn't know what I just knew, this could have been a different story completely. And I was, so I had a therapy room. I had a therapy business at that stage as well. And I would talk to women and, you know, just say you are, like when you go to your hairdresser, you talk to your therapist. And I'd explain what I was doing. And I cannot tell you the number of women that said to me, oh my goodness, you know what? This had happened to me or this had happened to my friend. What should she have done? What Can you teach us something? And I think that was the sort of pivotal point where I realized actually there's so many women like me that need to learn how to be, just be safe to know what to do in that situation uh-huh. and there's nowhere to go and they do I mean I trained with a male instructor which is fine it, you know at the time it worked for me and it was a mixed class but there were so many women whether it was sort of like cultural religious or uh-huh. trauma background or just that judgment didn't want to train in a mixed class didn't want a male instructor but there was nowhere to go so I then thought because I always have to go one better yeah, of course <laughs> I'm gonna open my own school and that's what I did. It was it was a long journey, but trained as instructor and opened what is now Strike Back Self Defence for Women. So wow. we are the only female only Cranmer School in the UK. Wow. In the so there is nowhere else where it's a female led, and we just teach women and girls. So that, in a nutshell, is the story. That's how Strike wow. Back started. know where to start with that because obviously you know I can understand being a pharmacist why you were in that vulnerable position and you know it wasn't just once it was multiple times and then you know in other situations and then when you were in Paris and I think it's incredible that you know you've learned something to protect yourself and then seeing a business opportunity as well and I think the one thing I find particularly working with women is that we sometimes kind of hide our light it's like well I am really good at this but is it okay to make money from it as well you know is it okay to monetize that kind of business idea did you ever have anything like that or you do you think you you've always been able to 
combat that. No, I'll be honest. I so I was earning very good money as a pharmacy. It was, mm. it was a great salary. It paid well. What I did know was at the time that stepping back and and sort of taking a back seat. And I'd gone part time to have the children. This was never this this was never what it is now. It never started right. off as this. This was always it was a passion. I loved it. And I could see how many women needed it. Mm. Dawn, I, you know, we have that cliche, every woman you know or she knows somebody that's yes. been in that place. Yes. There were women coming out from the mm. woodwork saying, this had happened to me, this uh, or my mum or my sister or something. And this, for me, it felt like it. I have this knowledge. And again, not sounding cliche, but I have this knowledge and these and women need this. Yes. And I guess that's where the passion came from. And, and whenever I talk to anybody or say, they were like, oh my God, you're so passionate about this. Yeah. I thought, I am. Yeah. I wholeheartedly believe how important this is. So we were just starting out and I could see, I, I suddenly realised actually how unique a position I am in. Mm. So yes, it is a legitimate business. I can teach women. But at the time I had I had one class mm-hmm. um, of, of teen girls and a few women that I was teaching. And then the pandemic hit. I was just going to ask um, about that. Yeah. yeah. Then the pandemic hit and we uh, the world stopped literally yes. as we know it. It stopped. Classes stopped. We couldn't teach. So I started doing a few things on Zoom. Um, so in terms of the financial aspect, it all stopped. Um, mm-hmm. I was getting calls from the pharmacy world, you know, we need you back on the front line, all mm. this is going on. So you were sort of torn between there's a great salary and there's money to be made. Yes. And this that I loved. And I remember my hubby, who's who's amazing, so, so sporty. He said to me, he goes, you glow and you light up when you teach. You yeah. are on a different level. And he said, I don't see the same in pharmacy. So pharmacy is a means to an end but mm-hmm. this is what you love this yeah. is what and I thought I it's what makes me wake up in the morning and just smile because I lo- don't I love what I do like I can't tell you I absolutely adore what I do and you can see it and I think even though people can't see us when they're listening <laughs> into this I'm I'm 100% certain they'll hear it in your voice you know that passion born about by your own background and then to turn it into a business is you know is fantastic so what's happened since the pandemic because I know you know as I said in the intro you're global so you always seem to she's always off listeners to some glamorous exotic location so literally pandemic hit we were sort of you know we'd started networking line we were starting to make and and I think one thing the pandemic taught us is the world is actually quite a small place yes I was on a networking event with, with sort of Mibs who I'm involved with and a name kept coming up which was Kathleen Minor mm-hmm. and Leona who's CEO of Mibs she kept saying you need to be in contact with Kathleen so Kathleen is this amazing founder of um, a, a domestic violence survivors charity called Hope for Handbags mm-hmm. and she, uh, the name kept coming up and our passing across until one day when they did and we were in a networking room together and she looked at me and I she was like gully your goal should we need to connect so we connected <laughs> afterwards and she'd known she knew a little bit what I did and I sort of knew a little bit and we started chatting and it just it just happened like the two <laughs> worlds collided yeah and she invited me then to come along and would I be their female um at the time women's global self-defense instructor running workshops because they work with survivors of domestic violence and just getting that confidence and empowerment back so we ran our very first global workshop online in the pandemic wow and we had women from all over the world attend and that was it that was the turning point of yeah 
this needs to be bigger than where we are right now. And then we taught in a girls' school in Trinidad and Tobago. These were schoolgirls who were being trafficked yes. you know, on the way to school, from school. They were being lifted off the streets. They needed to know mm. how to be able to protect themselves. And that, I think, was one of the moments where you think, this is changing lives. Yes. This is giving yeah. girls a fighting chance from being trafficked and that is it, it's over, to mm. knowing actually, no, yeah. I can change that. And that was huge. So we came out of pandemic. Unfortunately, during the last part of sort of lockdowns, we mm. had um, a couple of tragic cases. Sarah Everard was one. Yes. Uh, Sabina or Nessa was the other. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, sort of was a pivotal moment again where women suddenly everywhere were coming out of the pandemic. We were we were back out again, away from yes. our bubbles. Although for a lot of women, you know, we know that the whole DV situation mm. being in the pandemic was was very difficult. Yes, yes. But for most of the rest of us, we were vulnerable again. We mm. were out, and we'd seen Sarah Everett, and we'd heard about Sabine and Nessa, and so many other names. And I started getting calls from up and down the country saying, "You teach women self defence. We we need to know." And and companies as well saying, "Our workforce is primarily women. They are back out on the field again." And in the back of everybody's head was. I could have been Sarah Everard. Yeah. That could have been me. Yeah. And it was that feeling of that could have been me that changed, I think, women's the 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 need or the the desire to say, I that's I don't want to be there. The, I mm -hmm. need to change the statistics on that. Yeah. And that blew everything out the water. Wow. And that changed everything. Um so yeah, subsequently I've sort of traveled and I've been over to see we, we met Kathleen and I met first I went over to Miami, Florida, taught our first in-person workshop. So we've done lots online but never in person, and that was amazing. Yeah. And yeah, just got bigger and bigger and 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 I am, I'm a huge and I am so passionate. I'm an advocate about women's safety. Yeah. Because for me, what I teach, Dawn, is very simple. It's mm. not difficult. I am not saying you need 10 years of training. What I am saying is Give me two hours of your time and I will mm -hmm. change your mindset about how you believe you, who you are completely. Yeah. And That's it's nice. that empowerment. It's that it's that self-belief. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely love that. And you mentioned there, you know, so many different groups, not just your, I don't know how to call it, like, you know, everyday woman, me just thinking, actually, if I'm walking down the street, I, I need some, uh, I need some skills. Um, then you've got the whole DV sector and everything yeah. there, yeah. you know, the the young girls that you mentioned yeah. about trafficking, you know, my daughter's at uni, I'm immediately thinking, she works in a nightclub, you know, she never walks home on her own. But even so, she's a tiny little thing. There are so many areas. I mean, what, what are your kind of plans for going forward, other than world domination? Obviously? <laughs> <laughs> so we started off this year what's the word of the year and it was global it was global yeah. domination plans are, are, are big so we things have got bigger and, and at the, you know there's just me running strike back and I can't be in so many places all yeah. at once and I'm one of my very close friends uh one of my best friends who I've trained with many years I've just asked her to come on board as as one of my assistant instructors so we've got two of us now because up to now I can't take a sick day because I've got yeah, no exactly <laughs> So I teach, t and, and going back to what you said about your daughter, I'm just going to pick up on that point, Dawn. Yeah. Do you know what, we are, so many women I come across or girls, come across, oh, but I'm always with somebody. Can oh. I tell you something? Nothing ever happens. It always happens when you are with, with it always happens when you are on your own. It never happens when you are with somebody. Oh. You know, I, I, I had a dad, I had my hubby or my fiance. Oh. Nothing ever happened when I was with somebody. It always happened on my own. 
Yeah. And when women, we have that safety net that I'm always with somebody. That's mm. not when things happen. No, no. One time when you are on your own. Yeah. And that for me, when I say to women, this is a life skill. Every female across the globe needs to mm. We, you know, we teach our children to swim, Dawn. Yeah. But we don't wait till they've had a drowning incident and then say, yes. let's go swim. We yeah. don't teach our children the Green Cross Code once they've been hit by a car or been in an accident. Mm-hmm. We teach them the preventative measures beforehand. Yes. And for me, learning some basic self-defense skills, it doesn't have to be 10 years. We're talking a couple of hours in a workshop, mm-hmm. two hours online, Zoom, whatever you can manage, wherever you can manage it, learn some preventative skills. Mm-hmm. Because what we teach is, so it's not just, you know, here's a head kick. This It's yeah. not about that. It's everything else that encompasses to prevent that from happening. The physical skills are your last resort. Mm. Yes, I'll show you them and I'll show you some pretty brutal, you know, physical skills. <laughs> and they're good. They yes, so good. great. Because it has to be. Because if we are talking, it's your life on the line. Here. Yes, of course. But obviously everything's within the law, so we don't go outside the law. But it's it for me, these are life skills, like learning to swim, like learning to drive a car, like learning how to cross the road safely. Yeah. Well, it's interesting what you just said there, and it resonated with me because my husband, who was medically retired from the police, PTSD, and we do some work now with the police and that kind of sector, and he uses a very similar phrase Let in terms of mental health, let's yeah. teach people how to swim instead of saving them from drowning. And it's, you know, exactly what you said there. And, it, and, and you're right, of course, it's like, why are we going to wait for something to go wrong? Let's make this, you know, almost available. Like you say, it's almost like a basic life skill. Yeah. When when I, I teach a lot in DV shelters, it, it, even here in sort of Birmingham and the West Midlands, and I'll give you a quote, and this will shen, literally gives me goosebumps every time I say it, because I, I was talking to these ladies and we were teaching some basic skills. And one of the ladies said to me, if I had known this 20 years ago, my life would have been different. Wow. And that yeah. for me, so when, and I teach a lot of young girls and teens now, when mm. I when I teach them, for me, this is generational. This is teaching these girls that you don't have to be the women that are maybe your or my generation, Dawn, yes. the generation above that yes. work with that and are in those shelters. So this is giving these young girls from now the permission to mm-hmm. say no to that first inappropriate yeah. friend. Yep. No to that first boss that makes them feel uncomfortable. Finding their voice to be able to use that voice alone, which was so many of us. And I grew up, I was in a generation where all my bosses were men. Mm. If they were inappropriate or made an inappropriate mark, we didn't say anything because yes. it's just a same. Men being men yes. yeah, yeah, that's what we did. But yeah. then that gives that permission for the next thing or the yes. next thing. And it's, Teaching these young girls, and I tell you what, you would not want to mess with some of the teens in my classes mm. because they know yeah. those boundaries from, they have their voice. They, they all, And I pray to God from the skills they know now, they will carry those for the rest of their lives and never be in those situations yeah. with the women that I teach in our shelter. And, and spread the word to others as well, isn't it? It's like growing and growing and growing. Wow, I could talk to you about that all day. <laughs> How do you think that you have changed most in the last 12 months, for instance, either business-wise or personally? Massively. I've, I, I, so it's one of the things we talked about earlier as a business. Is this a little, yes, it is. It's my, you know, it's my contribution to the world, but it's yes. also, 
it, you know, I give myself permission and and my and you and we learn all the time doing that setting our new boundaries. I set new boundaries. I have financial boundaries, and I have you know the, the I have the permission to say no if somebody is make you know it doesn't serve me anymore. Yes, so I'm yes. much better at you know. Wow, saying great. That. We always learn. We learn all the time, yeah. and I've got better at people that don't. So that top. So we talk about raising your vibration and how yes. you do it. But yeah, putting those boundaries in place for myself. I, it is global. We are going to. So I've just ju- just been invited to be on the board um, a, an amazing charity that runs in the US called Five Hundred Rising, which is about global with female instructors all over. So they're based in the US. Oh. She's an amazing lady, yeah. um, Tammy McCracken. So I'm on the board now for running this in the UK and Europe. So we will be pushing right. this out, and, and it's a charity. So yeah. teaching for free women and girls that you know that need that and pushing that out. So that's certainly on on the business one. Personally, for my own business, we are going global. We're looking at open franchises oh. um, because the need is there and because yes. I can't do this by myself anymore. You know, yeah. it's I get calls like from Leeds University or Manchester University saying there's been spiking instances. Can you come and t- speak to the girls? Can you? And I, yes. I literally can't be any more places than I am. I'm still a mum. Yeah. I've still got my you know, two boys. So franchising for anybody that's interested in learning to be instructor and take it as a business that you can run with this because we are 50% of the population, if not more. There's yes. a need for every woman to know this. Yeah. So as a business plan, yes, franchise or getting some endorsed instructors and, and growing more and more of that, which I'm very, very excited about. I bet, yeah, very exciting. <laughs> and like you say, the demand is just going to go up and up and up the, the way that I see it because I can just see, you know, as the word spread, you've identified you know, three or four groups there, that's without even thinking of, you know, having to put your mind to the to what else is available. And so clearly franchising and getting some extra instructors on board who can then, you know, facilitate you're facilitating them getting their own business. I mean, it's just amazing, Absolutely. really. And, you know, from we look at the bigger picture, Dawn, this is bigger than me. This is generational change. Yes. This is teaching other girls and other women to go keep doing this and and this is 500 rising is amazing like this it's a generational change we push this out because up to now it's been the male instructors and those come i don't take anything away i I know some amazing male instructors but often they come with their own problems and Mm. that comes and why shouldn't women be allowed to learn from me? And I'm uh, something some of the men, I, d- I do get trolled an awful lot by men with oh. small it's an awful lot. And they will say, Oh, you just teach pink and fluffy. Mm. Uh, what you teach is pink and fluffy because it's all fair. And I was like, Oh, you have yeah. no idea. No idea. Yeah. have no idea what we <laughs> see. But it's about, it's, and we don't do the tradition. It's not about the head kicks, Dawn. You know, mm. I, I've got some 70 year olds in my classes. They're never going to do the head kicks. Yeah. But what they need to know is if an intruder breaks into their home, she can protect herself. Yes. So every I say everything we do, we adapt mm-hmm. because it's got to be real for you. What is real for me, my body morphology will be different for you. Yeah. So it's not about, you know, they're, they're, nobody's excluded. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter your fitness. It doesn't matter your body morphology. It doesn't matter if you've got you know, an amputated leg, uh-huh. we will work with the other leg, we will yeah. find something because it's got to work for you, which is why it's accessible to everybody, no matter who you are. Oh, um, and people I think often get like women get scared, I'm not fit enough, or I'm not, yeah. you know, I can't do it. Or it's a safe and you know what's so lovely, the classes on the workshops are such a safe space. Can we share your stories? Because uh-huh you know what, there'll be somebody else in the room with the same story or something. And that's what makes it so, so lovely when we are in those words. Stories come out, women talk. The the sisterhood it builds and just being able to sometimes offload 
we yeah. all have stories done I, I, you know absolutely literally... the power of community no matter yeah. where that is built is just yeah. you know phenomenal I, I, we'll have to have you back to talk more about it I, I want to ask you about having so many different businesses because you've got Mibs which you mentioned yes. earlier and I know you're a radio presenter as well and then you said at the start about your vibe is, you know, you work hard to keep it high. How do you do that? Because, you know, a lot of women, when they come to me for, for coaching, you know, one of the yeah. first things I'll say is balance, which is a word that I actually loathe because I don't <laughs> think I don't think we can balance. We've got to have, you know, the scales in one way or another at any given time. So, you know, for instance, if your children are ill, then they're getting your attention. Um, And I think the balance needs to go out the window so that we can let ourselves off the hook with that. But, you know, how do you blend all that and keep your sanity? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? It is tough. We do. And I, I guess I'm always taken on a lot you know yeah. I, I've always started to do the next thing and I, I I don't sit still very often doing nothing I just don't that's just not just the way it helps I've got an amazing partner who is phenomenal and bless him he you know I've got I was in Washington a couple of weeks ago and I was like this opportunity's come along and I need to go and he's like go go do what you need to do so I'm very 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 blessed I appreciate that I've learned a lot more about keeping negatives and toxic people out because yes. I don't, I, do you know what, I'm very, I'm very straightforward and I don't do games. I don't uh-huh. do mind games. I, I just haven't got the mental capacity. I'm very straight. What you see is what you get. I wear my heart on, this, on my sleeve and I give people, a, I do give people chances and the benefit of the doubt, but then you get to a point and gut instinct is huge, Don. I'm a huge yes. believer. And that's one of the things we really teach about is lean into that gut instinct. If something does not feel right, and this is huge for self-defense, if it doesn't feel right, trust your gut instinct because it's very, very, very rarely wrong. If I'm getting that vibe, I'm like, you know what, I, I do, I'd I, like not to let that negativity come into my world. Because we've all been there, been yeah. around that vibe and, yeah. and know how that feels. And that is that negative. And I'm a huge believer in energies. And mm. that negative energy is not good. It's not. No, good. I talk a lot about energy and you're right. Your gut is rarely wrong. And, you know, I'll talk about in terms of business when, you know, maybe when you first start out and we've got to get the money in the bank to yeah. pay the bills and we take on that client that we know is going to be a right pain in the ass the Absolutely. one that's going to when they call you go oh no it's gully again oh god <laughs> you know <laughs> you know in your gut they're going to be yeah. the one that wants to pay the least or the one that wants Absolutely. the most of your time and the yeah. same with people I know that's why we get on so well because I'm you know everyone knows I'm very very straightforward and I don't like to let negative influences around me because yeah we you know we are energetic beings and we pick up on those vibes that other yeah. people give up so um yeah I love that yeah, and, um, and I've got the radio show. We we I have some amazing guests on. So radio show, I've, I've got we've got two. We've got the health hut, which is my sort of pharmacy. We call it the health and wellness hut, which is yeah. my pharmacy and health background and the sort of keep fit and, and that great. And the parent hut, which is a mum we run, wow. and we have some amazing guests on there. And yeah. you you feed off the people that you are with and you surround you're surrounded with Dawn. And yeah. if those are and there's some amazing inspirational people that come on, and that lifts your vibe. And you're like, yeah, do you know what? I, it's it puts that smile on your face and you are surrounded by yeah. surround ladies surround yourself by good people surround yourself by the people that feed I yourself. couldn't agree more we've all got those people you know at the time of recording I've just found out I've injured myself 
basically in the butt um <laughs> I can't walk very well at the moment I've got to stop training you know and we know I know straight away there are people that I can call that yeah. will listen to me but then will lift me up I'm going to yeah. come off that call feeling yeah. better than I went on it and that's yeah. you know we all need that like you said at the at the beginning I'm one of those people my vibe is always high and of course I have my moments when yeah, you know, I'm not feeling it yeah absolutely absolutely but I think it's gratitude yes I, yeah gratitude and it's very and I we, I mean I teach this to my boys and the children and sometimes they're like I'm like oh my goodness let's lift you up but gratitude is an amazing thing and you hear it it's a term that's thrown about a lot isn't mm. it? Oh, you know um practice gratitude but it is it's waking up every day and counting the blessings of what you have and what you do and reminding yourself actually how blessed you actually really really are and that alone is enough to make you think actually yeah, yeah. I completely yeah. agree it's a real you know it's something that is so quick and even though and you're right it is thrown around but I think if you really sit into it even if I always say to people even if you've got to start that morning by going oh I've got a coffee in my favorite mug and then That's you start the from there you know <laughs> yeah and you're just like oh you know I've just got five minutes of peace before the rest of the house yeah. gets up and then you start yourself on a path don't you and um, and it really does lift you up and, and exercise because I know you're a huge fan right yeah you are a huge yeah absolutely and I know and again it's another term you know be fit right so that just chemically within your own body yes that releases the endorphins and the feel good and as hard as it is to get into that first workout or that first thing I kid you not and I know Dawn you'll sing the same thing of the hand same thing she go 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 for that walk throw those if it's weights are your thing if yeah. it's hits at your whatever it is do something because that just that natural endorphin is huge yeah and you always feel good oh mm, completely yeah. it cha completely changes your physiology yeah. you know it's uh, yeah. It, it, just looking up I always say to people if you're feeling sad you know just actually looking up can help to change you your physiology yeah, so um, fabulous thank you so before you go I always finish the podcast with the last word Right. So the last word is where I ask our guest their, their I guess their last whatever it can be from the last meal to the last app they downloaded. So for you, I want to know what was the last holiday you went on? Not business trip because I know you're an international business lady. What was the last holiday you went on? Do you know what? I'm I'm going to combine the two because I I was away in Miami and Florida teaching the self defense workshops. But I combined that with, because it was my 50th that year, last mm -hmm. year. So I combined that with a solo trip to New York wow. and uh, and Mexico, where I, I sort of met up with Leona and some amazing mm -hmm. ladies out there. I wanted to travel by myself. I, I, you don't, once you've had kids and you're married. and Yes, yeah. Out. And I've done New York many, many times. And when this came up to go to Florida, I said to my hubby, I go, do you know what? I fancy adding something else to it. And he was like, oh, you, you're out there anyway. Just go do what you need to do. <laughs> And I wanted to add in a, a trip. So New York, I've been four times with friends and with hubby. I've never done it on my own. And I wanted to go please myself. Yes. So I wanted to go to the museum. I wanted to go to the Met. I wanted to sit and just people watch with a book by myself without worrying about it. And I wanted to do it in New York. Yeah. Lovely. I thought I will always work. And so oh, yeah, I love for that. me, yeah, New York yeah. was, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but for me, it was. It was, I love the hustle and bustle. I love being able to shop if I needed to. Yeah. I love just being able to sit, have a bagel and a coffee 
read a book and just yeah. watch the I absolutely love New York and whilst I haven't been on my own I've been out there without a partner as part of a group and gone off in the daytime and done my own things and the day that I discovered that the Starbucks within I think it's within <laughs> Bloomingdale's serves champagne I was like this is my kind of Starbucks and what you said there might lead on to this one actually so the last time that you felt perfectly at peace was was New York, Mexico, and do you know, and and the flights in between. It sounds like so there was a lot of flights, but yeah. you know what? Every time I got on that flight, I had a, a, a playlist I was listening to, yeah. which I sort of put together. Put my headphones on, window seat on my own, not having to worry about my children who throw up on flights and having to hold a sick bag. I've been able to do this for myself with my own thing, window open, and just watching as we took off and then flew over the ocean. Brilliant. with my music on and that was my real practice in my gratitude I am so grateful for all the opportunities right now and to have to have the privilege and it's it is a privilege you know to have a family to have somebody who's going to look after that family and go and do right. this but knowing that it was the next adventure and the next so I was out there for 15 days all in all wow <laughs> flying into Mexico we stayed at the most beautiful resort with Leona and just me and just that bit of time to say yeah this Happy place. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. So there are lots of different ways that you can connect with Gully. So we're going to put all the details in the show notes. We'll put all about Strike back in there. We'll um, mention the radio shows. We'll mention Mibs as well. And anything else that you want to put in there, we'll put in the show notes for everyone. So thank you, Gully. Thanks for being a great guest. We'll definitely have you back because I think you've got so much more (laughs) to share. So that's it from us today. Um, remember to tune in next week for the next episode and in the meantime keep those vibes high hi thank you so much (laughs) thank you for listening to the high vibe tribe podcast with me dawn owen i'd love to know what your number one takeaway was from this episode feel free to screenshot the episode and tag me in on social media and if you know someone who would enjoy it too then don't keep it to yourself share the vibes don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified as soon as the next episode drops if you're not already a part of the High Vibe Tribe community over on Facebook, then come and join us there. The link is in the show notes. And I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep those vibes high. Bye.